welcome to Macintosh and Mod, the podcast where we make each other watch movies we should have already seen. I'm Diana. And I'm David. And today, it's time... For the 93rd Academy Awards. Oscar ballot selections. Mm. Yep, we've watched all the movies, and it's time to go through the ballot category by category and talk about who we have selected for who we think is gonna win slash who we want to win. <laughs> now... As we've been doing this for a long time, both in our personal life, and now this is our fourth Oscars on this podcast. That's ridiculous. It just feels absurd. Because this is our fourth season of podcast, we have developed a special scoring technique to help differentiate, because otherwise our ballots would get really, really similar, and we play to win. Yeah, it's okay. true. So, it's uh, high score wins, but for the top eight categories, that's Best Picture, Director, Actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, original screenplay, and adapted screenplay. We get a first place, second place. Yes, we do. So if your first place choice wins, you get two points for that win. If your second place choice wins, you get one point. There is strategy. There is strategy. Sometimes moral strategy. Sometimes moral strategy. Sometimes it's who you really want to win versus who you think is actually gonna win. Sometimes it's I can't choose, so it's one A one B situation, and you're just gambling. And for all other categories, it's just one point who you think's gonna win, and that's it. Those extra points, that first place, second place, has been the difference between the ballots a lot, and we did yeah. that before we had the podcast. Um, <laughs> And so the first two years, I won. And literally, I won by one point. Because it's tough out here, y'all. It's tough out here. Last year, David kicked my ass. <laughs> I'm going to kind of blame uh, having been in the hospital the week before I made those picks. <laughs> totally pulling that card. But I lost hard. And last year was a really hard year. I really did not think Parasite was going to sweep the way it swept. I just didn't, I didn't think it was going to happen, but it, it, did. it did. So uh, I lost hard. So I'm, I'm being way more strategic this year. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start. Uh, we like the Vanity Fair ballot. It is the most well-organized ballot. And it's pretty. It's pretty. It prints well. And this year they have Grey Goose cocktails. Uh. Yeah, we're definitely going to have some. I am a big fan of Grey Goose. Um, <laughs> I do like to imbibe the alcohol. So yeah. I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Grey Goose. I'm old now. I pay the money for the good good booze. <laughs> That's where we're at. So we're going to start at the very bottom with documentary short. All right. I, I went with the, the pick from goldderby.com. Mm -hmm. That's my source this year. Um, my source was uh, the Entertainment Weekly that we some for some reason we don't pay for but have a subscription to that gets mailed to our house. Yeah. And I bit. picked a love song for Latasha. A love song for Latasha. There we go. Okay. I think this is these are some of these that people have watched all of these and have consensus picks sure. a lot of them. Yeah. So we yeah, we've watched all the big ones, but for some of these the animated short and documentaries we we haven't seen all of them so it's just like we, we haven't ever really watched the short film well they, we used to not have access to them yeah. now we more regularly do and this year we just didn't really have time <laughs> kind of what it came down to uh live action short i did the letter room i chose the present okay 
animated short. I said, if anything happens, I love you. If anything happens, I love you. All right. We're still the same there. Uh, it also looks really pretty. It does look really pretty. Uh, that's kind of where I go with animated shorts. Like, who looks the prettiest? It's <laughs> typically what I go for. Visual effects. I went with Tenet. 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 What I know. Mind-blowing mm-hmm. visual effects movie that didn't get nominated for anything else because by all accounts, it meant nothing. Like, okay, I do have to say this. We tried to watch Mulan. Woo! And oh my God, we could not get past like 30 minutes. We're like, this movie is so bad. I'm mad about how bad this is because it shits on how much we adore the original. Like the original isn't perfect by any means and it's not trying to be. This movie tried to like claim it was being good and it was not at all. (laughs) And it made me mad, mad. Right, sound. Sound Sound of of metal. metal. There's no other option. If they chose anything else. I will riot. I the only two here that might have a shot would be Mank. Mank we talked s- about that. Or soul. Or soul, yeah. But it's sound of metal. It has to be sound of metal. That's that's the only award that I think is really gonna win. But it's sound of metal. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Production design. Mank. Mank. It's exquisitely designed, especially for black and white. Yeah. It's just it's just too good. The sneaky one, if I had a second choice for who I want, it's mm-hmm. the father. Agreed. Because in a very, very subtle way, the father's production design is so key to how it works. I agree. I do agree. Makeup and hairstyling. I chose Emma. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It's the favorite on the awards, and I get why. I'm not saying I agree with this, mm-hmm. but I'm going with a reaction on what they're going to nominate. <sighs> I I just don't. I don't think the makeup was actually good. And I think this is one of those where I'm not going to vote for historical accuracy. I'm going to go. I'm going to vote for creativity. And for me, that's Emma. I I think the only thing that sells me on it is they do show us Ma Rainey at the end and just how much Viola Davis looks like her. But here's the thing. If we're going by that, it's Hillbilly Elegy wins. Either one. Because here's the thing. Hillbilly Elegy Glenn Close looks like that woman a hell of a lot more than Viola Davis looks like Ma Rainey. I don't know. Hands down. Like, the makeup in Ma Rainey is crap compared to Hillbilly Elegy. I just don't like rewarding historical accuracy over creativity. I'm sorry. You had to come up with it out of your brain, not look at pictures and copy. I don't disagree, but I'm I'm going with the Academy tendency on this one. I understand, but I'm going with Emma here. Right next to the editing. This, this is a difficult category. This, this was so hard. I changed my vote like three times. I went against <sighs> the advice of, of my group here. I settled on the advice of my group because I finally came down to it. I was like, you know what? That is where that is where this movie shines. And that is this skill. That is that is this skill being shown off. And in the other films, it's not. And I went with the trial of the Chicago Seven. That's the consensus pick. Mm-hmm. I'm picking Sound of Metal. Okay. That was my first thought. But I said, that film is, it's sound editing. But it's also editing, editing. But here's the problem. They combined the sound awards this year. That film is not going to get nominated. It's not going to get, it's, it's, that's not it. Thinking on it, and, and, I, and I, I struggle with this mightily. Same. The Trial of the Chicago 7 Same. is really well edited. It, I'm not going to say no to that i don't disagree but to me the impact of the editing of trial of the chicago Mm seven is something i've seen so many times 
the way Sound of Metal is edited mm-hmm. is not. But the he- way the film is cut together. Okay, but here's the thing. The editing has to make the story work. The editing of Sound of Metal is not what makes the story work. It's the sound design that makes that story work. That's a different thing. My first one that I really truly, I I thought that Sound of Metal, but then I was like, no, it's the sound. It's not the editing of the film. The first one I really wanted was The Father. That's that's another choice here for sure. But then I realized it's not the editing. That's that script. Yes, the script. The script is written that way. And then I looked at this and I said, okay, this is this film is edited together this way. It's not written this way. I've watched enough Aaron Sorkin to know that the editing is what makes this film sing. That's where that skill is being shown off over the other movies. And for me, mm-hmm. with Sound of Metal, mm-hmm. what you're getting from the editing, uh-huh. what you get from the sound is the thrust of the story. Sure. What you're getting from the editing is the emotional impact. To me, with with the hard cuts in the metal scenes to the cut of no hearing to the back and forth of how the scenes get put together. That's all sound. It's not just all sound but it, though. But it is. Think back to the way the visual composition is sliced together. For me, it nope. just makes sense. It's gotta be sound of metal. Nope. We're gonna see We don't have to we don't have to agree. <laughs> but I I lay that at the at the feet of the sound design. Like that film lives and dies by its sound design. Let's talk about a slam dunk category here. Uh, costume design, Emma. Emma. Oh. Emma. Because Emma. not just historical accuracy, but the vibrancy. The, the creativity there. there I mean, the, yeah. on, honestly, this film, ex- the costume design excited me in the way that Black Panther excited me. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing Black Panther and just being like, this film is so gorgeous. And was I, I, it was just like, I want to know more about all of this. Yeah. And I thought the same thing when I saw Emma. I was just like, wow, you're doing something so beautiful with historical accuracy, but having fun with it. Love it. It was perfect. Cinematography. Mank. Mank. <laughs> it's, yeah. Look, there are some really beautiful movies. Nomad sure. Land is a sneaky choice here for me because it's really, it, really beautiful. It is really beautiful. But, but Mank is so well crafted visually. I, I don't disagree. <laughs> Uh, okay, so our next category is original song, and previously we've done this as a separate episode, but we're going to take a quick little break, and we're going to examine each one of these songs individually and talk about them, and then when we come back, we will reveal our choice. All right, well, I guess it's time to do the songs. There are five. Oh, boy. As there usually yeah, is. Yeah, there's usually five. And we're going to start off with Fight For You from Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay. It was all in their plans. Wash the blood from your hands. Fatal from the brothers. Fatal cause they judge us. Fatal from the others. Fatal from the leaders that keep it. Written by H.E.R. 
her, Dernst Emil II, and Tiara Thomas, and performed by her. Okay. This is a banger. It's all right. I like the throwback feel. Yes. Makes a lot of sense for the... For the era that the film comes from, sure. 60s, 70s funk. Kind of hard to get any real message from it. It's a vibe song. Yeah, it's... This is the type of movie that you would expect, like, a message song and that's okay that like i'm glad it's not because for that movie a little bit yeah i'm not and i think it is a message song but it's um a little more subtle it's it's subtle which i actually think is good for how strong and powerful this movie is agreed i'm into it but has it it definitely has that post-credits sequence vibe to it yeah it's a, cre- it's a credit song i would not call this the strongest entry in the world but with the subtlety and stuff I don't know. We usually do a, a, a little five star rating here. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go three. I'll go three. Three, three and a half. That's kind of where I'm at. That's a solid. It's a, it's, solid, it's a solid entry. Well, next up, we're going to listen to "Hear My Voice" from the Trial of the Chicago Seven. Hear my Written by Daniel Pemberton and Celeste Waite and performed by Celeste. This is a very pretty song that doesn't connect with the movie to me at all. It feels like, like the last one, it feels like more like a vibe song while trying to have a message and it just does. It doesn't do either for me though. Part of it is I'm watching the video while we're doing this and I can see the scenes and I'm like, nothing about this song, nothing about this vibes with the pictures of chicago riot cops ripping off their badges to go beat up hippies like yeah sure no no no. i i can get that i um, need something a little more up tempo need a better visual to go with the song for this movie sure yeah i'm i'm not interested in that <laughs> i mean i I, li- I think it's a good song i just don't think it goes with this movie okay i'm gonna go two I'm going to say it's right down the middle again. It's three. Okay. Because I feel like it's a vibe song. Well, how about we get to a song that is definitely a vibe song, but it's the vibe of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Because we're going to listen to Husevik, My Hometown, from Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. I'm so excited about this. Hometown. I thought I made it clear. Do I have to say? It was always there, we just didn't see it All I need is you and me in my home Written by Fat Max Gisus, Richard Goransson, and Savan Koteka, and performed by Will Ferrell and My Marianne. I mean, it's <laughs> it's a beautiful song. It truly is. Even with the silliness of the movie, which that movie is so fun. Go watch Eurovision. It's adorable. 
That song is beautiful. Even with some fun little Icelandic jokes too. Yeah, like even okay, even if you've never seen the film and know how like how it plays in the film, it's a beautiful song. Yeah. It is just beautiful. So that for me, out of so far in our our lineup, that's the winner for me. That's because it's beautiful. I, I love to like having heard a little bit of Sigurdos and uh, Jonsi and some of the other like super Icelandic composers and performers mm-hmm. and stuff. This sounds so similar to that sure. music in the most wonderful way. Oh, it's beautiful. It's really good. And then also, like, just this is another thing, like, Eurovision is hilarious. The movie is great. And then you throw on top of that that in the middle here, you're just like, what a beautiful song. And then you just hear Will Ferrell's voice. Which he also, you know, has a lovely singing voice. He performs it so well. It's just disarming because you realize it's Will Ferrell. You know, again, I will I will sing that movie's praises till I die. Stranger Than Fiction. That movie is beautiful, and he's lovely in it. Yeah. So. Ah, yeah. uh, uh, give it a five. It's such a good song. <laughs> yeah, it's it's my front runner for sure right now. We still have two more to listen to. It might be my front runner, but let's go with the song that has gotten the awards already. Okay. It is the first Oscar-nominated song to be performed entirely in Italian. Ooh, okay, this is cool. EOC or scene from the Italian film The Life Ahead. Okay. This one was written by Diane Warren, Laura Pausini, and Niccolo Agliardi, and performed by Laura Pausini. Uh, I have no frame of reference. Sure. It's funny because we have a frame of reference for these other songs. Sure. We do. This has already won the Golden Globe. Okay. Which is interesting. I did hear that this kind of follows the trend with Diane Warren about songs for movies with like a little bit of a deeper subject. Sure. Which is not uncommon for this year. But from what I can tell, this is a film that was released just this year. It's on Netflix that starred mm-hmm. Sophia Loren. Okay. And I believe had to do with uh, race issues. Okay. <sighs> it's a beautiful song, but it's just not there, which seems to be the trend with Diane Warren over the last couple of years. <laughs> it's perfectly fine, but I just... Uh, it, 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 it. The, the one thing I was waiting for is like, is this going to go anywhere super is wild? It, is it going to build? And it didn't really. It doesn't. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing mm-hmm. as just a, a normal song. Sure. But as an Oscar song to differentiate yourself from some of these others, it's like, uh-huh. Uh, it doesn't do anything right now. And without a frame of reference for the film, I'm going to. Yeah. Yeah. It's very pretty, though. It is It is pretty. It's a perfectly fine song. I just... And I do love having a song that's in a completely different language. Sure. Just there. It's, it's perfectly fine. I just don't care. And finally, let's hear Speak Now from One Night in Miami. Okay. Off the road, can you hear the bells ring out? Speak now. 
Written by Leslie Odom Jr. and Sam Ashworth and performed by Leslie Odom Jr. Oh, we got a two-way race on this one. We got a horse race now. What a song. Uh, yeah, I hadn't I hadn't heard that song. We did see what I Miami. I guess this must be in the credit song. It, it was probably in the credits, and we just kind of didn't glazed over it. But just, wow, that song is beautiful. That's that is what a lot of I feel like that's the song that the song from Judas and the Black Messiah is trying to be a little bit like the message song a little bit, but done really really but, well. But the, with the vibes, and that's what this song is. And I mean, the second I hear his voice, I'm just like, that's Leslie. Uh, I could and listen. just starting off with that guitar, just, uh, I could listen to Leslie Odom Jr. all day long. Ooh. He's got the uh, he's uh, he's my number one for that category. <laughs> um, Chuck it up to a five star already for me on that song. I got a little I got a little misty listening to that. It's a beautiful song, oh, man. This is one where I really want us to have a one A one B. And we don't. We're gonna have to. We're, we're gonna, gonna have to make to a real tough decision on that because it's this or Eurovision. It's this or Eurovision. I'm gonna give it. I'll think about this a little bit more because this is the first time I've heard this song. Well, I, t- I tell you what, right here in a minute, we've talked about our five songs. Uh-huh. We know we've got two in the lead. Yeah. Let's give ourselves a little breather. Yeah. And when we come back, gonna, we'll make our pick. We're going to go through our list. We'll explain our nomination style again, just, just for those of you who are new or you may have forgotten how we do this. And we'll go through category by category how we're going to pick who wins. <laughs> oh no okay this is really hard but so we we recorded that a few days ago so we've had some time to think on it and i've i've made my choice what's your choice my choice is speak now speak now speak now i need leslie odom to get that oscar i need it i need it to happen Husevik is a wonderful song i will not be mad if that wins from a very lovely heartfelt comedy but speak now is just so perfectly beautiful i will sing ya ya ding dong if that song <laughs> if yusevic wins i will start singing it i promise but speak now needs to win <laughs> it deserves the win original score i went on the advice of my magazine and went with soul i went with soul too as much as it hurts my heart because i think minari had the best score out of all the movies I've seen. I think Minari's score was It is gorgeous. beautiful, but I think it's going to be Soul. There. Yeah, I know. Hey, we, did we ever think Trent Reznor might become the John Williams of our generation? Did, actually. Really? He, he had the ability. His his music, while it wasn't really my thing, it was very layered. It always was. Oh, I love Nine Inch Nails. Don't like, get me wrong. I'm but... not a Nine Inch Nails fan, but I could always be like, there's a there's layers to this that, yeah. that people always I mean, it was the image of the band that always was made people dismiss it. Yeah, well, when he was going through rough time for True. a long time. There. True. He is but he's very musically talented. Next we have documentary feature. I went with time. I went with time as well. It's the one film here that had like a legitimately huge societal impact exactly in america yeah and and that's where the majority of the voters of this academy are so that's that's going to be the one that they tend to vote for a lot of these look really good though oh sure we love a good documentary we loved our documentary series that we did a few years ago we'll probably revisit again we love a documentary series we eat them up 
Next is animated feature. Soul. Soul. Though I really, I really loved Onward. I loved Onward. I think Onward is better, personally. And I haven't seen all of Soul. Yeah. To me, though, Soul in this weird way, because it's messy, mm-hmm. I think is going to garner more attention mm-hmm. because it tried really hard mm-hmm. to tackle a difficult subject. And even though it did it in a messy way, it still accomplished something. I've heard a lot of people talk about it. And I, I loved Nicole. One of the things Nicole Byers was just like, people are so mad about the whole Tina Fey thing, but it's like, they picked her voice because it sounded the most annoying. And it's like, that tracks. Yeah. What? Why they need voice annoying? It's like, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and it's like, why, why do people got to be mad about this? Like, just, just enjoy the movie. Like, I thought it was beautiful. And, and, there was... I, and I, I appreciated I appreciated that take on it. It was just like, and then also like, this is messy. And it's like, yeah, so is this whole, this whole concept of just your soul is fucking messy. Yeah. Yeah. I can get on board with that. International feature. Another round. Another round. This, I think, was my favorite movie from the Oscar films that we watched. It's, it's the favorite new movie I've seen this year, by far. I loved this movie. I, I think I think it's that and White Tiger. The White Tiger are my favorites because I was so surprised by how much I loved them. Yeah, I just I just really loved them. This one just gives me a slight edge just because of how ultimately beautiful the message felt mm-hmm. in a, in a time where and, and some of this is being a cis dude, but really really relating to those characters mm-hmm. in trying to dig into your emotions. Sure. And trying to understand and comprehend them through a very flawed process. Sure. But still finding them. Sure. All right. Now we get into the the first place, second place. Okay. Let's fight. Adapted screenplay. Uh-huh. First place. Nomadland. Nomadland. Yeah. All right. Second place. Borat. Borat subsequent <laughs> movie film. Hey, we got the same. So... Here, here's how this works. Nomadland, I hate the fact that this is the way. I don't think this film should qualify for any writing nominations. That's where I'm at with this. I get it. I feel like another round you could put in here very easily. <sighs> I feel like another round. I agree with that. I would also, I'm really feel, I would really like to go The White Tiger because I would love to give that film more recognition. Well, I mean, I, I'm just looking at somebody to substitute for Nomadland's sure. nomination period. Because sure. I, I, I kind of agree with you. Sure. The flip side of that is that there there are clearly moments that are scripted or at least fleshed out enough to where the people, the actors were doing it. I get it. And those moments are beautiful. It's it's a beautiful film. Yeah. But I, I take argument. I also take a little bit of argument with the Borat. But that was more original that that was less taken from other people than Nomadland, yeah. I feel, from what was put on screen. So I take issue. Here's, uh, here's the other thing, too. You talk about this. I don't think it's going to win, which is why I didn't pick it. I picked Borat because it won the Writer's Guild. Same. Damn, same. That's, that's why a, I picked it. That's a big fucking deal. It is. That's a recognition through the guild that said, actually, this movie had the best writing. <laughs> oh, I agree. That is exactly why I picked it as my number two. But honestly, I think the father might be the best one here. <sighs> I don't disagree. As you pointed out with it, that the editing is not that, what drives that movie. It's it is the writing. All of this had to be written out sure. that way in order for it to piece together. Sure. And I think sneakily, that's really the movie that's truly the best written out of these. I don't disagree. With the White Tiger being number two, for sure. Yeah. But see, and 
for me, and then that's for me where I get to, but okay, The Father is a stage play. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, well, whereas The White Tiger is a book. So I feel like that's more of an adaptation. <laughs> and so, like, for me, I'm like, it's more work. I, I know. <laughs> I, I can't even get that's, into that. That's where, I, that's where I parse into that, and it's just like, okay, fine, and that's where my brain is. All right, but go. yeah, if one of those two wins, I'm going to be super excited. Oh, sure. Because I think they're actually better. I will, I will be happy to lose the points. I would also not be mad about One Night in Miami if it, if it wins. I won't love it, but I, like, here's the thing. If either of these two movies, if either of our picks lose, I will not be pissed. Yeah. This is just purely strategic voting. <laughs> um, original screenplay. Okay, number one. Promising, Promising Young, Young Woman. Woman. It is. It's the best original screenplay. Yes. It is. And it is the front runner. It needs to win. <laughs> I'm sorry. It has. It, it really needs to win this. Yeah. Okay, number two. Trial of Chicago 7. Same. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, uh, just because they love an Aaron Sorkin. And the writing is quite good in that film because um, it's a very it, there's so many different storylines and he was able to make something very cohesive that you could follow. And that is a skill. That's a skill. And the, and the dialogue is very quippy and you understand. And he was able to condense very big concepts into these little nuggets that you can totally take back and talk to people about. And that is also a really important skill. I was really scared about that movie. Oh, I know. Because I know his bent. Sure. And I was really afraid that he was going to water it down. Mm -hmm. And he didn't. And he didn't. And instead, try to directly attack it from a bunch of different angles. Sure. I will say, though, if I had my druthers, my real number two might be Sound of Metal. Agreed. Agreed. But... We're, we're playing the game here. <laughs> All right. Actress in a supporting role. Number one, Maria Bakavalova. Yoo Jung Yoon, Minari. Okay. She has the inside track on the award wins right now. She's my number two. So she won a BAFTA. Yeah. And then won SAG. Mm -hmm. Coming in, she has the most run here. Mm -hmm. And I really think Grandma from Minari. Mm -hmm. Something about that has charmed the acting voters, and I really think she's going to sneak in here and surprise everybody. Maria kind of also has some of that, too. She has won on the comedy side, and she also has that the first Bulgarian actor ever thing working for her. I don't think the Academy is going to go for it. I don't know. Because who's your number two is Eugene Yoon? Yeah. My number two is Glenn Close. I think this they, may be, no. I think they may decide. They're never giving it to her for this. <laughs> she was filler this year. She was filler. That's what she was. I just, the, the Academy loves to do one Lifetime Achievement Actor Award sometimes. They can fuck off about that bullshit. I just, I, I have that feeling. Now, here's the weird part. There are a lot of places that are saying Olivia Coleman's the favorite. Which I don't agree. I with. would not be mad about her winning, but if Amanda Seyfried gets on that stage, I will be. I will throw things. Like fucking really. But what did I say when we saw that movie? She's getting nominated because she's pretty. Here's I the thing: Amanda Seyfried, really good actor. Not gonna complain, and she does a fine job in that movie. But she wasn't the better actor in that movie. No, the best actress in the movie was Lily Collins. Thank you. Okay. If she had been on here, then we'd have a bigger problem in this category. We would, but okay. I, I. Yeah. I'm going to go with you, Jim Yen. I'm going okay. to bet there. Okay, well, I've got her too, but she's in my number two spot. Okay. All right. Actor in a supporting role. Number one is Daniel Kailua. Daniel Kailua. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's his. It's his. It needs to be his. And I hate that because I want it to be, I want it to be Leslie, but it's going to be Daniel. Leslie's going to get the Oscar for the song and it'll be fine. Who's your number two? Leslie. Paul Rising. Okay, that's fine. Sound of Metal. That performance was exquisite. Here's the thing. There's nobody in this category that sucks. This was a tough one. The only thing that sucks about this category is, and we've talked about it before, is that like Keith Stanfield should be in Best Actor. He's yes. not the supporting actor. And this fucking pisses me off because I feel like they put him in here and they didn't want to bump Chadwick down to supporting. And so they bumped Lakeith down. And it's like, no, they should be swapped. I, that's that's where I'm fucking pissed. What I would love to know is, was there a rules reason that they made that decision or not? And I, cite it for me. I, I would like to know. I want to know what the actual rules are for how someone is determined to be a lead and not a supporting. Yeah, exactly. Because it does, it never actually makes sense in these situations. I want to see how they determine that. Because we we get a lot of those conversations with like Emmys and whatnot. And usually they'll cite the rules with how they've determined it. They never do with the Oscars. And it's because they're playing fucking politics. And we know it. Of course We know for a fucking fact they're doing that. If you wanted to play politics with it, Mm -hmm. but you still told us the rules Mm -hmm. while you messed around with the rules to play politics, Mm -hmm. at least I know. Yeah. At least I know what the rules are supposed to be. Because then at least I can go, this is a fucking stupid rule, but... Under the rules, that's what it said. Well, because in things with, like, the Emmys, you have to submit. Yeah. And the Oscars, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. I... So, it, yeah, it's Daniel. All right, actress in a leading role. Number one. Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan. It better be fucking Carrie Mulligan. <laughs> I, or, this is another category where I will throw things. I will <laughs> fucking throw things. Who's your number two? <sighs> this was hard. My number two was really hard to pick because... These are also wonderful actresses, but I decided to go with Andrew Day. Frances McDormand. I considered her, but I don't think there's, I think the only way in which if there's a vote split and that's why Carrie doesn't win, it's going to go to Andrew Day and Uh, not Frances. Viola Davis would be the other inside track here. She won the sack. I don't care. She won the sack. But Andra won, uh... What's the other one? The Golden Globe. She won the Golden Globe. Which means nothing when it comes Oscar time. That's a big one for someone who's won nothing to have won. And then to get the Oscar nom. That's a bit. I'm sorry, but that's a big deal. Viola Davis can win all the fucking BAFTAs. I don't give a fuck. It's Viola Davis. It's the same thing as Meryl winning that. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck. When it's Viola Davis, I'm sorry. It's when it's Viola Davis or Frances McDormand. They're in the same category as Meryl. They're amazing at what they do. I do not give a fuck how many awards you have won before. Don't does not matter. All of this can be avoided, Ampus, if you just fucking vote for Carrie Mulligan, who deserves the goddamn war. Exactly. All right. Actor in a leading role. Chadwick Boseman. Number one. That's what I put as number one. I do not want him to win. Nobody's he sh- gonna. He should not have been nominated in my because I don't think that I don't think the performance warrants it at all. I think the performance warrants it, but I think it warrants it in supporting. Agreed, and he shouldn't win. He shouldn't win in supporting. He shouldn't win in lead. Up against Daniel Kaluuya, yeah, I have a hard time saying that. Which is also part of why I feel like they're playing politics. They didn't. They put him in here because they know he can't win against Daniel. They're playing politics because of his past. 
That's the other thing. They only care because he's passed and he died tragically and nobody knew. And that is horrible. And he was a lovely human and a lovely actor. That's all true. Those are all true things. And he can still have given a lovely performance, but it not be a worthy one. Heath Ledger gave an amazing performance. If he had still been alive, it wouldn't have changed the fact that that performance was an Oscar winning performance. I think this was Oscar nomination work. I don't think so at all. I do. I but I don't, don't think it belonged in this category. Same. I absolutely agree with you. And I'm going to say this. I wish Mads Mikkelsen was here instead. Agreed. 100%. I, I don't I don't want to discount the whiteness okay. of that. Same. But Mads was so fucking good. Same. Gets get rid of Gary Oldman. Yes. And put Mads in here. I will replace that white man for the other white man. And then flip Lakeith Stanfield. Put Lakeith Stanfield in here. They can swap places. Such a hard role. I know. And then Chadwick still doesn't win, but he still gets the nomination, which I will grant that. (laughs) I will be okay with that. All the people got got nominated appropriately. Who is your number two? (sighs) My number two is purely based on my heart. And that is Stephen Young. Anthony Hopkins, the okay. father. He's my one. If there is some sort of a weird split, if that it, is where I go. Hopkins could take it. Here's, here's my thing. I think if there's a split, it's going to Rose Osmed. That could be very true. Which, and, and I struggled with that. I won't be mad. I will. Here's my thing. I will only be mad if a white man gets this award. <laughs> if a white man gets this award, I, I will throw things. I will I, throw things. I mean, that's fair. Some of this came down to I really gut checked myself and went. Who did I think was maybe the best actor? Mm-hmm. And I put it up against Riz versus Anthony because I, I felt like those were the two best. I love Steven Yeun. I don't think he was as good as those two. I like when was. I'm sitting down just thinking back in my head. Fair. And so I'll, when I looked at those, I went, Anthony Hopkins okay. gave one of those mm-hmm. purely transcendent performances. He uh, just really did. He He was amazing. So like when we saw The Father, it was like, we totally get this nomination because yeah. when we first saw it, we're, his nomination, we're like, "Really? That dude's eighty-three years old. Come on! It was come on! It was stunning. We're, we're like earned. Yeah, but no awards for him. No statues for him. No. Anyways, director number one, Chloe Zhao. Chloe Zhao. I mean, she's the front runner. Fine. It's a beautiful movie. She. That is where it shines. It's a beautiful movie. Cool. Good she for her. She put that whole fucking thing together, and yeah, that's where she wins. And I, I mean that genuinely. I'm not trying to be glib. <laughs> like, I'm not. I, that sounds that way. But like, yeah, I, I, I'm not in love with the movie. Anyways. It's like, a hard movie to like really embrace, embrace this year, honestly. But seriously, good for her. Yeah. Okay. Number two. David Fincher. Emerald Fennell. I have to vote for her because I have to. Like, I'm sorry. It is better. It's more interesting and more innovative. I love what David Fincher did. And his nomination is warranted. But this isn't anything we haven't seen from him before. And it's not nothing we haven't seen from filmmaking before either. Oh, for me, it's a pure cynical sure. Oscar move. Sure. Because honestly, Vinterberg is my real number two here. I loved Vinterberg's too. He did another round. But here's the thing. And it needs to be Emerald Fennell if it's not Chloe Zhao. It should be. Because Emerald Fennell did something crazy. Like, she didn't do something super finessed and beautiful. She did something crazy with her movie. And it it is amazing. And also very different 
This is where I wish we had like the style of con where they have both a jury award and a fan award where you get this this sort of group of specific peers sure. going like, hey, this needs to be commended. <laughs> kind of like the director's guild saying, hey, like you didn't win the Palm d'Or, but all the people in this room think you're the fucking shit. Yeah. Like you should be proud of yourself. This is the one thing that the Oscars, Oscars. I, we, we've talked about so many things the Oscars could use. Sure. But if we really wanted to up things a notch into like super great territory. Sure. Like give them a little bit more weight and yeah, and that'd be one of them. Also like having some more like first time blank awards could also, it wouldn't be perfect, but it could help in some of those regards. It, yeah. it, it would open the door a little bit more for some filmmakers. Even for just a best debut picture. Best debut work. Something like that. And yeah. and there are there are awards that have those yeah. specifically inside them. Yeah. And I think it could be really useful here. I just don't think the Academy is gonna be able to to get around that as director. But see for screenplay, I totally think they will. I get it. But here's the thing. I think I think that's how she can win is also through a split between Mank, the old Hollywood guard who wants to give it to Mank, and the people who want to give it to Chloe Zhao. I think that's also how she can win. I think so. Chloe Zhao's running away with it already. I agree, yeah. but I'm also, hey, how did we get Green Book as a best picture? Come on. Jesus we, we know, fucking Christ. We know how that fucking happens. Anyways. Anyway, that's not going to happen this year, I don't think. All right. the big Here's the thing. We can honestly say, in the best picture category, all these films are very, very good. Can I also say, uh-huh. I don't think any of them are perfect. None of them are perfect. They all fall just a little bit short of what I would call perfect for me. Which is fine. I don't think there's any, with the exception of Parasite, I don't think there's any best picture that is perfection. Uh, The apartment might want to uh. disagree. <laughs> Still, to this day, anytime I think about The Apartment, it brings a smile to my face. I'm like, I love that fucking movie. Okay, number one, Nomadland. Nomadland. But number two. Judas and the Black Messiah. Sound of Metal. Wow. Yeah. Judas and the Black Messiah is a fabulous movie. But I honestly, this is one where I just went with, what do I think is the best film of these? And I went with Sound of Metal because I think it's a better story. And I feel like this in the year 2020 they're going to want to and I've and having looked at what they picked what what the academy picks if they're not going to pick Nomadland they're going to pick the story that brought them hope or or made them feel good or I ta- mean Nomadland or, brings some hope it to does. the table no that's going to make them feel gross <laughs> no that's going to make them feel gross Judas Black science like we're the worst people in the world we just keep murdering black people well, I mean, <laughs> which is true, but it's also really fucking important to continue to say that. I completely agree. <laughs> I completely agree. That movie is very important. Sound should... of Sound of Metal does give hope. Sound of Metal is a beautiful story and teaches you something in a way that isn't like preachy. Beautiful, and I feel like that is that's where that story could win. That's that's why I picked it as my number two. Yeah, because in a year like this. That's the type of story that the Academy could pick. But another His... round was the best movie of Agreed. the year. But, <laughs> but historically, that's what the Academy does. Is it sad that, of course, we, we decided that the, our favorite movie of the year happens to be the one with four middle-aged white Danish dudes? <laughs> Deciding, let's see if we can stay drunk all day at work. But it's 
so unexpectedly the most beautiful film this year. And it's... to me, rates at that perfection level. It really did for me. Because it wasn't a cynical movie. It, no. Yeah, and we were we were talking about let's get this movie made and what about the American version of this movie? And I was like, no, I don't want to see this movie made in America. This movie is fine as is. We do this movie is great. I don't I like maybe I want an English dub so I can watch it without having to read it. <laughs> like that's just the lazy person in me. But this movie's perfect as is. It's like now the uh quote unquote American version is the joke version of this. More than likely, though, I feel like if you got the right people on board, it would be unnecessary, mm-hmm. but I think you could have actors bring something to it. And the only the only thing that you, if you wanted to make this updated, mm-hmm. is that you have to change around sort of the cultural reference that they bring into it, which I think might connect to certain audiences in a different way. Maybe, but I don't have any problem with this. You wouldn't, it wouldn't be in high school, it would be in college, because in America... Like, kids don't drink when they're 17 and 16. Like, those are the things that would change. But no, that movie is, like, I wouldn't change anything. Don't make it in America. Leave it as is. It's fine as it is. Like, let, like, anything. Again, I love that quote from Bong Joon-ho. Like, once you can get over that inch of text, whole world of movies opens up for you. That's the only movie this year that I look at and go, I really want to watch this again and again and again. True. Well, I want to watch Promising Young Woman again because it gave me like a rage high. <laughs> and like sometimes there's a lot there. Do not get me wrong. There's right. so much there. And I was just like, like sometimes you just need to like amp yourself up for some bullshit and you're just like, that gave me a rage high. Come on, let's go. <laughs> it's so weird that I that I look at all these and I went, these are all really good. And also I don't feel like they hit every single note I want them to. That's okay. They're it was not, a rough year. It was a rough year, but none of them were bad. Like, no, there's none of one of, not one of those that would go, that's crap. This that has no place in this nomination. It'll be interesting. So we're going to watch the awards. We'll be live tweeting that a little bit. And then our reactions will come out the day after. And you can see how we did. <laughs> and see who the big winner is. Who the loser is. Who gets the bragging rights. Maybe I can reclaim my crown. <laughs> Still gotta watch Doolittle, though. Shut up. And until next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you.